Here we are. Good afternoon. Uh, wonderful Hanukkah to one and all. Today, we are trying to go back to our uh, initial starting point, the Rambam at the end of Hilchas Lulav, where he talks about the uh, very important topic of simcha, of happiness in a person's involvement in doing mitzvot. And so we had a number of questions. We're going to try to revisit those questions and see if anything that we've learned uh, from our starting point to this point could be helpful to address some of those questions and to perhaps gain uh, some life-altering insight. No less. After the Rambam describes the great rejoicing that took place in the Beis HaMikdash during the Yom Tov Sukkot, he concludes this section and he says that the rejoicing that a person has in doing mitzvot and in the love of the Almighty who commanded them is a great primary paramount aspect of a person's spiritual life. And he continues and he says, anyone who holds himself back from this happiness and rejoicing is subject to a powerful negative consequence. It's a severe transgression. And we ask, what does it mean he holds himself back? Ram doesn't say, Anyone who doesn't take heed, anyone who doesn't stop to think, anyone who doesn't give the proper attention, he says he holds himself back. It's hard to believe this is being done consciously or overtly, but there's something in a person where he is, through some responsibility of his own, holding himself back from enjoying engaging and rejoicing in the mitzvah. What is that all about? And the Rambam continues and he says, anyone who is arrogant and conceited in these places and gives honor to himself and is honorable in his own eyes, he is sinful and foolish. It seems that there's some kind of a direct correlation between arrogance and feeling rejoicing in performance of mitzvot. Specifically, in, in regard to rejoicing performance of mitzvot. Now, there's no question that arrogance is a uh, severely damaging character trait. It has all types of negative repercussions. And the place where that would be correct to place it would be in Hilchos Deis, where the Rambam discusses all the character traits that a person should acquire and all the ones that he should avoid. So, it cannot be that the Rambam means that there's a whole host of negative results. A person is arrogant, doesn't really want to serve Hashem, and it will come out then they won't have the proper simcha, at the very least, they won't have proper simcha. That cannot be what the Rambam means. 
there seems to be a unique, specific conflict between arrogance and simcha, rejoicing, performing of mitzvahs. And if anything, we asked, should be quite the opposite. Who are the people that were involved in the rejoicing in the Beis HaMikdash, during Simcha Beis HaShoeva, the greatest people? So if anything, in the simplest form, we'd expect someone who holds himself very highly to engage in the rejoicing and show that he is qualified for that, and that he is on that level. And here it seems like, no, it's working against it. What is that all about? And the Rambam doesn't just say it's sinful. He says it's foolish, because as he ends off, says the greatest honor to a person is the one who is rejoicing before Hashem. That is his true greatness, his true accomplishment. The person who is giving honor to himself somehow is blocked from seeing this simple, basic truth. What could be more uplifting to a person than having that connection with the Almighty Himself, which takes place, which is represented by the mitzvah. So if he wants honor, this is the place, the best way to get it. And yet, he holds himself back from that. He's foolish, he's depriving himself. So, but why? Why, why does he fall prey to this? What, what is the cause of this foolishness? What is it all about? So to make a start, we're going to once again revisit the Magid Mishnah on this Rambam, where he spells out that the essential aspect of the rejoicing in the mitzvot is the basic, fundamental attitude that a person has in doing the mitzvah. Interestingly, he doesn't focus on just the simple ingredients that a person has the great merit, the privilege to be doing the service of the Almighty, connected to the Almighty. He talks about the fundamental attitude that a person has towards the mitzvah. Is he doing it because he's obligated and in effect submitting, being forced or forcing himself, submitting by compulsion to perform his obligation? Or, in that case, there won't be the simcha, or by contrast, the proper form of doing what's good because it's good, choosing truth because it's true. And when a person does that, he continues, he will know that this is why he was created. And that will cause great rejoicing when a person is doing what he knows and understands that's what he was created for. He will rejoice, tremendous rejoicing. So if this is at the core, what the Mahimisha says is the critical ingredient, we need to see how person would, for some reason, be holding himself back from this? And how would arrogance be conflicting with this? Because that's really what it's all about. This is the fundamental aspect of the simcha, doing what's good because it's good, choosing truth because it's true. And that has to be the point of conflict. So we need to first understand what is this all about? What does it mean doing good because it's good, doing what's true because it's true? How does he know? How does a person know that this is good? 
What gives him the sense that this is innately good? By many mitzvot, we can understand pretty easily. Even the human intellect dictates to a person kindness, compassion, truth, honesty, many aspects of life that are included in the Torah are compelling in their own right. But there are many mitzvot that we don't understand so readily, and some not even at all by human intellect. And they're all included in this statement of doing what's good because it's good. So how does a person know that he's doing what's good? And what is it about him that wants to do what's good? What is the good of it? And as we mentioned, but we need to constantly review, the, 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 the fundamental aspect has to be, as the Magimishta continues and he says, you will understand why it was created. That means we're getting back to the basic reason for the creation of the person. And that we know, as Ramchal uh, teaches us, in Derech Hashem, the basic fundamental reason for the creation of a person was only one thing. Hashem's desire to bestow upon him the maximum good that is possible for a created being to receive. And that comes about through enabling him to connect to the good that is of the Creator Himself. It seems almost unspeakable. But those are the words of Ramchal. To benefit from the good that is of the Creator of His own true essence. That means all parts of the Torah, as he spells it afterwards, as Mitzvah Sasharim says in the first parent, all the mitzvahs of the Torah are nothing but one of the ways to connect to that true good. Of course, we're supposed to try to understand it as much as we can. The more we understand, the better that connection will be. But at any level, involvement in a mitzvah is the means of our connecting to the ultimate true good from which we will benefit the maximum good that is possible to receive for eternity. And that is what the mitzvahs are entirely about. That is what is that's what it meant by doing good because it's good. This is bringing into fruition the Almighty's desire that we are partners with, that cannot happen without our choosing it, without our involvement in it, without without our effort towards it. Of course, with the divine assistance that we need, but with our contribution to make this happen, for that good to be of our own choosing, of our own making, of our own selves, then we are like the Almighty who is innately good and we can enjoy the good that He wants us to receive in this world and for eternity. And when a person is involved in that, he's able to recognize, he's demonstrating to himself, he's living it, he is deepening his recognition that this is why he was created. Okay. Where does arrogance and conceit come into the picture? Well, there is a conflict. Because as we saw in the Chomus Alvavos, Rabbeinu Yonah, and the Ramban, at the real core of any improper pride of what a person has, is a sense 
an irrational belief. I have this on my own. It is mine. Chavos says it goes to the extent of a person thinking, I brought this into being for myself. As irrational as that obviously seems to be. But essentially, like we saw in Rebbein Yonah, when it comes to the power of speech, a person wants to feel, this is mine. It's my own possession. It's not of Hashem's making that I should be subject to His directions when it comes to it. It's my own little kingdom that I have to myself, and I can do what I want with it. The Chavah says, all things that a person is conceited about in worldly affairs, as he feels about it, he gave it himself. It's impossible to really feel conceit, that kind of self-pride, self-driven, self-giving honor, unless I feel I have this of my own. Essentially, it's as if it's not the creation of Hashem. And that's why the Rabban says we need to be reminded that all the power that we have is Hashem giving it to us. Because our mindset of, I've accomplished this victory, I've accomplished this great fortune, is all coming with a mindset, this power is mine, it's mine independently of Hashem. So let's examine can there be a uh, combination on the one side, giving myself honor of being in possession of whatever good quality, ability, materialism that I have, at the same time recognizing that my creation is for the sake of gaining the fullest benefit that Hashem wants me to receive. The person who's conceited is essentially cut off from that. Because he's not seeing what he has as the creation of Hashem simply for the purpose of his being able to achieve the maximum good. Because then there's no cause for pride for himself. This is Hashem's creation. Of course, the end result will be much, much better than whatever I could be enjoying of myself independently. But there is the power in a person that wants that independence. That's all part of how we were designed. That's one of the so to speak, aspects of deficiency that we have to battle against. But that power exists in a person to want to be independent, self-ruling, almost essentially self-sufficient, self-created. If I am self-made, if I am self-contained, then it's not, the, it's not the creation of Hashem for His purpose. So if I engage in the mitzvah and I come to recognize that this is why I was created, for the sake of achieving the maximum good that Hashem wants to give me, and that's the whole purpose of my creation, then I'm, I'm recognizing I'm nothing but the creation of Hashem for the purpose of the maximum good. Then I don't have independence unto myself outside the creation of Hashem, divorced from the creation of Hashem. That I'm fully engaged in recognizing I am the created being who has the ability to come close to Hashem and receive all the good that He wants me to receive, and that's the definition of my existence. And there's no place for conceit anymore. Whatever I have was given to me, is being given to me by Hashem for His purpose of the maximum good. But then, then arrogance is knocked out. Self-sufficiency is knocked out. Independence, divorce from Hashem, is knocked out. I'm engaged. 
I'm involved, I'm feeling, I'm sensing. I've been created by Hashem to receive all the good. And that's the whole definition of my existence. This is what I was created for, for this ultimate good. And I'm fully in touch with being the creation of Hashem. Of course, I'll have the peak simcha, but I can't have any gaiva anymore. I can't be conceited anymore. And that's why the power of conceit works against this. And that's why a person might be holding himself back from the simcha, because he knows deep down, if I feel that simcha, I will know that I am created by Hashem for the purpose of receiving His good, and then I don't have anything by myself unto myself. I only have been connected to Hashem. It'll be much better, but it still is going to be different. It's not going to be what I've been trying to carve out for myself up until now. And I could resist it. And it comes out that then we can understand why a person would develop a mindset that the way to do the mitzvah is because it's an obligation and I'm submitting to my obligation. Because that means I have some independence, but I'm being commanded by a stronger power and I will submit. That means I could submit because I have my own independence. So it's proper, it's possible for me to, to engage in a submission. But if I don't have any independence, I can't be submitting. I am connected. I am uplifted. I am one with Hashem. I am just Hashem's creation. There's no, there's no place for submission because I don't have any independence. I'm much higher. I'm much greater. I'm much more worthy. I'm of a divine nature. But... I don't have my own little kingdom of my own that I can then submit to Hashem's power. So it comes out that the, that the experience of submission, which seems to be an act of humility, is really coming from arrogance. It's really coming from the deep-seated desire of a person to want to be independent and have his own separate divorced identity that then sets the stage for him to just be engaging in doing an obligation and submitting. So what would appear to be humility and submission is really coming from arrogance. And if he lets go of the arrogance and the separateness and the independence, then he'll be able to have the full closeness. He'll be able to have the highest peak honor. He'll be able to have all the joy and the rejoicing. He will not need any submission. We will not have to do the mitzvah because an obligation is forcing himself and think that he's to be lauded for forcing himself. He will engage in it with the full joy and the full gladness that it's worthy of because it's producing all the good that Hashem wants him to have. So it would seem like, who would not want to do this? It's so good. But there's the power in the person that holds himself back and then winds up being misunderstood as virtue. And this is what Moshe was talking about when he said that so many people misunderstood and they thought it's proper to be self-sacrificing for Shabbos. And he said, no, that's not what the Torah wants to be self-sacrificing. It's not supposed to be experienced as self-sacrifice. It's supposed to be recognized as the source of all good, as it surely will be. And that's, it wouldn't be experienced as a sacrifice because it would be worth it in any challenging situation. Because it will be uplifting. It will be experienced as uplifting. But that's all coming from this mindset that has roots in the 
deepest sources of a person's inner struggle. 